Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. For decades, Pittsburgh had a really vibrant nightlife scene here, with all kinds of music and venues for folks who like to party. But these days, since the pandemic and since dating apps have hit the scene, it's really different around here. We're with City Paper's Colin Williams to talk about why. It's Wednesday, January 10th. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. Hi, thanks for having me on again. So glad to have you. Colin, I want to know, were you a partier? So I caught the golden age of Pittsburgh's nightlife, like at the very, very end of it, I would say. I did used to be a DJ. Um, I, I, what? I did not know that about yes, you. I was a I was into house music and trance music and things like that in like the late aughts and early 2010s. So I was kind of more familiar with things from the other side of the turntables. Um, and there is, you know, there is kind of a, a, a cultural time that is that is long past that I still somewhat mourn but uh you know I'm also a little more settled down now and less inclined to go out (laughs) until 2 a.m yeah I think we could generously refer to ourselves as mid-career now Um, (laughs) is there a club in Pittsburgh that you maybe miss the most you know I never was really a, a patron of like the bigger clubs in Pittsburgh so I can't say that any of those are really um you know, I moved to town in 2015. And so I was kind of past the prime for like Metropole and Laga and some of those places. Um, There are a few venues that closed, um, like Howlers that used to host really good shows that I do miss. More than that, though, I mean, I I just miss, um, you know, some of the smaller venues that that closed. Um, So I guess, yeah, to to answer your question, not really any of the larger nightclubs, (laughs) but just more of the smaller kind of like dingy concert halls that don't exist anymore. Oh, the dingier, the better. Uh, I think my favorite one when I first got to town was R.I.P. Rum Shakers on Carson Street. If anyone listening ever went in that place, you have just learned a lot about my personality in a certain era. The floors were sticky. The bathrooms almost never worked. I loved it. It was my spiritual home in 2013. Oh, nice. Yeah, there is a there's a certain uh, element of Carson Street that really doesn't exist anymore. Although I do think that's one of the livelier night spots still going in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. So in City Paper, you pay homage to a bunch of bars and clubs of yesteryear. You mentioned a bunch. Extaza, Club Zoo, Electric Banana, which I forgot existed. Matrix. You probably name dropped two dozen, I think, over the course of this story. What do you think it was about these spaces that made them so special for people? The one thing that was a really common thread among all of the people that I spoke to for this story was that they felt that the clubs back then were really, really inclusive, that the dress clubs were kind of set a low enough threshold that nobody felt like they were excluded for reasons of style, for reasons of race, maybe uh, for dressing more flamboyantly, whatever the case may have been there. Um, And once inside the, you know, those clubs really did welcome a broad spectrum of people. There was Um, a great variety of music happening. And I think one of the things that also kind of made this all sort of a perfect storm in a good way for for, uh, club goers back then in Pittsburgh is the fact that so many of these clubs were close together. So if you were out with your friends and one of your friends wanted more of a house kind of dancing night, 
Um, you, you could go to a club for that or, and then immediately hop next door to the gay bar and go check out some different tunes or go catch a hip hop DJ at the club next door. So, you know, Metropole and Rosebud were, were kind of a pair for a long time. And, uh, Xavier Thomas in my story talked a lot about how, um, Extaza and Room 16 were this sort of complimentary pair. There's a gay bar right down the street. There are other clubs right nearby. There's Club Zoo for the underage folks. So there really just used to be, I think, a lot more concentration of nightclubs. And that's one of the biggest things I think that's changed in Pittsburgh in the last 10 years in particular. Well, so what happened to all of these spaces that we had, at least, you know, like historically? I know there was a lot of shifting, of course, with Pittsburgh in the 70s, 80s, 90s. But why did so many of them go away kind of from that period of like the 90s to the 2000s? I think I think there's kind of a combination of different factors that contributed to that. I mean, one is just the way that neighborhoods have changed and the way that, you know, kind of patterns of going out and seeking out a good evening in the city have changed. You know, Lawrenceville did not used to be a destination. Um, True. East Liberty did not used to be the destination that it is today. Um, and in some cases, I think those neighborhoods success has come at the expense of other places like Station Square. You know, Station Square was one of the first, like, let's take this old industrial ground and turn it into something that is really like a, a nightlife complex. And as you know, I think as time has gone on, people have been seeking out different nightlife spots, but also just spreading out their money through the city a little bit more. The other thing is there has been, you know, some clubs have have really faulted their their clientele. If you look at some of the clubs in Pittsburgh that are still open, many of them have dress codes that include things like no sagging pants, no baseball caps, no athletic apparel, things of that nature. A lot of these things tend to be fairly, I think, anti-black coded in some cases and you know, there have been incidents like the sort of infamous foxtail viral video um, or the Skybar viral video. Skybar is above foxtail. The video itself is pretty lewd, but it is still out there. Anyway, on the south side. Yeah, both like on the heart of in the heart of Carson Street. And immediately following those incidents, the proprietors of Skybar basically said that their clientele was um, not desirable anymore, that they were attracting the wrong kind of people. Um, and Skybar remains closed while Foxtail has reopened with a much stricter dress code in place. So in some ways, I think there was a perception with some of these clubs that the partying, you know, had gotten out of control or perhaps that the clubs were attracting an element that the owners were not interested in in having to in, in their establishments. And so a lot of the clubs that remained have really drilled down on formal, more formal dress codes, VIP packages, private rentals and bottle service, which is... So considerably expensive. more expensive, yes, and therefore just kind of includes a lot, excludes a lot of people who would otherwise go to those clubs. The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now to keep yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. 
Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, aka Unique from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com. What about some of the societal shifts that have come along with, you know, kind of this like, eh, I hate to say post-pandemic era, but like since 2020, like Gen Z is going out more. Millennials matter increasingly less and less in this way. And it, you don't really need like a club to meet people anymore. Like I know that was a big part of the component way back when, but it's ain't, ain't a thing anymore. That that last part is such a big thing because now there's Tinder and Bumble and Hinge and Grinder and all these other ways that people can kind of arrange in advance to meet and sort of vet one another. Whereas I think there was a little bit more just kind of blind chance back in the day when it came to going out and meeting new people. You know, it's but more broadly, I think that there just are fewer people now who go out to dance, period. Like it's not going out to dance, it's going out to enjoy a Taylor Swift night. It's going out to go to a queer friendly dance party with a DJ that you like. It's going Mm -hmm. to a specific destination for like a one-off or going to a pop-up event or going to a party that changes locations more regularly. I've got to imagine like safety has got to be a big component in that. Like, I mean, since 2020, if I'm going to be that close to another person's body, I want to know that I'm going to be safe if I'm going to do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, also when it comes to safety, people are just drinking less. Binge drinking is Mm, way down among um, younger cohorts. Gen Z is drinking less. They're they're showing some more preferences for um, mocktails, for cannabis-infused drinks, for um, hallucinogens in some cases. So the way that people are also getting Lesson. intoxicated is is changing a lot. And the bars that I think are actually doing really well are bars that are able to meet some of those folks where they are, that are providing a non-alcoholic list almost as comprehensive as, as their cocktail list, that are, you know, really focused on the safety of the queer community and, and will ban photos so that people can really kind of let it all hang out and not have to worry about popping up on social media the next day. So yeah, just the parameters I think have, have changed a lot in the last few years. And COVID certainly, some of the changes that were already in motion were really accelerated by COVID. Yeah, yeah. So people here go to parties more than regular clubs. I think that's what I'm hearing. Like we have a nightlife, we just don't go clubbing. Do you think it's a bad thing that we've, you know, evolved to have these like special sets or theme nights rather than like, I don't know, the regular Saturday night like blowout that we used to have? I mean, I think it is a bad thing for some people. Um, You know, as I've gotten older, my interests have shifted away from dance nights and more toward smaller concerts, daytime activities, going out to, you know, catch some sort of like themed party that might end at like 11 o'clock. But there, you know, there's still people who want to party and who want to have that kind of set yourself free on the dance floor moment. <laughs> yeah. And that isn't happening as much. Um, but also, you know, one of the things that I heard from Xavier Thomas, one of my interview subjects, whose uh, photography we also used in the story, is that there are many Black people in Pittsburgh who don't feel like there is nightlife for them in the same way that there used to be. And so whereas there used to be a much more kind of mixed crowd in the Strip, now you'll have these more fragmentary crowds at places like Spirit, 
Bottle Rocket, um, you know, maybe Tequila Cowboy on the North Shore. And then for folks who are more interested in like a hip hop night or more of like an urban style party, that is happening increasingly kind of off in the East End and their clubs aren't all in one spot. So it's not the same vibe. And I think that just necessarily leaves some partiers out. Well, in terms of catering to Black partygoers and people of color, how are the pop-up parties and dance night events doing? Are they popular, more inclusive, maybe? Yeah, I mean, what I'm hearing is that Hot Mass and Jellyfish as parties are still very inclusive, that there's a very, there's a larger presence of BIPOC DJs than there used to be. Um, You know, a lot of the old heads in Pittsburgh are white guys, like even the hip-hop DJs. And... You know, Jellyfish is a very, like, queer-friendly, like, everyone-is-welcome space. Like, I would say not tolerant of intolerance kind of thing. You know, if you're looking for, like, a a set that's mostly going to consist of Black artists, like, you may have to find a particular DJ rather than looking for a particular club. Absolutely. So, I guess from your reporting, what spots do you think are worthy of a shout-out in 2023? Like, what's getting the most love? Where, where, are, the, where are the cool kids going these days? Uh, I, well, as a an increasingly less cool kid, I'm not sure I'm the most qualified to speak to that, but I will say... From your research, <laughs> from, from my reporting, you know, a lot of people are going to Spirit and Belvedere's in Lawrenceville. They have a number of nights like Belvedere's does. Uh, they've done roller skating. They've done goth nights. Um, there's Club VIP in Larimer that's a little bit more focused on like hip hop and R&B. Um, Cavo in the Strip is still kind of keeping that old strip spirit alive. Um, and in Southside, Foxtail is still doing their thing. Meanwhile, Enclave in Southside is kind of, I think, the biggest party destination in the city right now for that older school kind of clubbing. Um, okay. And that's in the form of Rex Theater space. So it's smaller than what some of these older clubs used to be. You know, it's not a 2000 capacity room like you would have had with like a Metropole, but it is, you know, 500 people. So it's still a pretty big crowd. And, you know, for my part as well, I would say concerts at places like Mr. Small's, um, are always great. Stage AE is, you know, has one of the best sound systems of, of any concert venue in the region. Club Cafe is maybe the most intimate space I have ever been in, if you are into artists that come through there. You know, and if you fully aged out of the partying scene and you just want to be a jazz dad, we've got a lot of that stuff going on in Pittsburgh now, too. <laughs> so. Maybe we'll have you back for jazz dad <laughs> another day. Colin, thank you so much. I hope that one day we make it out to something club adjacent at some point in the future. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Thanks again, Megan. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. You know, Colin texted us after we talked to him. There was one more pop-up party recommendation that someone was very disappointed he left out. Slappers and bangers. We will link to it and his article in our show notes. But if clubbing is not your thing, look out for next week. Executive producer Mary Lee Williams is talking to a couple folks in Pittsburgh's dance scene about other ways to get down. If you're liking what we do, please give us a good rating in Apple Podcasts. Five stars only, please. And subscribe to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We will be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to you soon. I'm just really impressed at your ability to maintain focus and answer questions with a, a kitty tail swishing <laughs> in your face every four seconds. Sometimes he like knocks my glasses off too and I'll just be sitting here with like my glasses all like cocked on my face. <laughs>